Oh man. Couldn't tell by my haircut. It's true, lesbian. Uh, it's just what it is. Man, every time like now that I've come out of the closet, like getting a haircut is such a big deal. I mean, not for me, but for like everyone around me. Before I got this like intense haircut, one of my friends, like I told her I was getting a haircut, and she's like, oh my god, you're getting a haircut? Jesus Christ, you're not gonna cut all your hair off, are you? You're gonna cut all your hair off until there's much lesbians, are you? What kind of lesbian are you gonna be? Comedy, what is it? The act of making people laugh, telling jokes, or is it pointing out the absurd, creating and breaking tension, or falling over and making yourself the setup and the punchline? For me, comedy has been an ever-present form of media in my life. I have been fascinated by the act of making people laugh since I was a child. To watch my mother do something funny or hear my grandfather tell a joke in a room full of people was to be part of creating and cultivating joy. Sometimes, though, comedy is also about creating awareness, highlighting the things in life which, when looked at from a new perspective, are shown to be ridiculous and absurd. Comedy has helped me overcome some of the darkest days, and it has helped me find my place in a room full of strangers. On this episode of Quirky and or Queer, I sit down with PEI comedian Brittany Campbell and talk jokes, queer identities, and otherness. Brittany is funny, like really funny. She is also the first interview subject I've interviewed who I didn't really know beforehand. I hadn't realized we had been in an open stages show at the Carlton in Halifax together until we met up to record this interview. Getting to hear about her work as a comedian and experiences in the comedy scene was great. I often dream of being a comedian, making it big and working for 22 minutes or having my own comedy special or book. I do improv, I've done a bit of stand-up, and I tell jokes pretty much everywhere I go. But the thought of consistently standing in front of strangers and honing and refining my craft of comedy terrifies me. Brittany is hilarious, disciplined, and sees her future very clearly. Sitting down with her was a pleasure, and I hope it gives you a bit of insight into what it means to be a bit other while also trying to make everyone laugh. So, knock knock. Who's here? It's me, T. Johnny, and you're listening to Quirky and or Queer. (laughs) Oh my... I am Brittany Campbell. I'm a stand-up comedian, writer, mm-hmm. part-time podcaster. I do odd jobs that mm-hmm. pay so that I can pay my rent. Trained by the military in camping skills. Really? Yeah. Were you in the reserves or were you in the military? Uh, reserves taught uh, cadets. Oh, years. no way. Yeah, I was in cadets since I was 12. And oh, um, I guess so. Were you like air cadets? Army. 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 So yeah. you would have been Aldershot at some point? No, uh, Gagetown. Gagetown? Uh, Argonaut. Okay. There. Yeah. That's where my brother lives. He's in the military. Oh, my whole cool. family's military. Everyone's military except me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like the gay hippie to people, actually. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, when are you going to get a real job? And I'm like, if I knew that, if I that's what, If that's what you consider a real job, then... Oh, well, I think anything, yeah. anything's a real job. And, yeah. And everything, everything, every job has to be done. So whatever you do... And everything's work. Yeah. Literally, everything's work. Yeah. It's just labor is paid sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to get hardcore. Like, I should have brought like, my Marxist like manifesto with me. Like, <laughs> Someone's going to put this on and be like a comedian talking about not getting paid in the thir- first 30 seconds. <laughs> how, everything. How original. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brittany, do you identify or do you believe that you're quirky? 
yeah, I I guess. I never thought I was before, mm-hmm. I guess. But I asked my girlfriend this the other day. I was like, I'm getting ready to do a podcast. Would you consider my, me quirky? And she's like, yeah, everyone would. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm just over the fact of not being who I am. I wouldn't mm. consider myself quirky okay. before, probably. Mm-hmm. Way back when I thought I was straight and just pretending to be whatever personality came out. Yeah. But yeah, I consider myself quirky now. I'm, I'll say whatever I want. You're embracing yeah. it? You're yeah. Like, I'm, I'm here. I'm a quirky person. Yeah. 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 Started like a fan club. Like, yeah. <laughs> the quirkiness. People want a little bit of weirdness. No one wants... Uh. I can also switch it, uh, switch it really quickly and become very professional. Yeah. But that's just being well-spoken, being able to say what you want. You can and, still have a personality. Well, I guess as a comedian, you're performing. So it's like, whether you're performing on stage or whether you're performing interactions that are like required to be more professional, it's yeah. all a performance. Yeah. Day day. Yeah, that's true. One just has less F-bombs. Yeah, yeah. The comedy. Usually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And do you identify as queer? Uh, I guess I'm supposed to. How are you? Are you supposed to? I don't know if I'm supposed to. I guess there's no rules. Um, I never really thought about it because yeah. I never thought, I never grew up thinking like, oh, I'm probably gay. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden I was, I guess. <laughs> this is kind of how it went. And my brother is also gay. There's four kids in our family. My brother is also gay. Oh, is he single? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but he lives in Montreal. Oh, they all do. Yeah, they all yeah. do. He's lived a bunch of places. But um, yeah, I guess that's an easier way, easy way to describe mm-hmm. myself to people. Is that would that be the term that you would use, or would you? I go, would use lesbian. Lesbian. Yeah. I don't know. I like it. It makes me seem tougher. Yeah, <laughs> I use queer because it's definitely uses an umbrella term. Yeah. often, but I also like that it connects with odd and weird. Yeah, and it's um, a good descriptive word when you're trying to explain who you are as a comedian yeah. or person. Like it's a good. I think so too. It's a good word. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I don't think my girlfriend would ever before we started dating would ever uh, describe herself as a lesbian because mm-hmm. it was always a term. Uh, growing up that was like negative mm-hmm. but so was queer back in the day yeah absolutely um but i'm just kind of owning it like it just it just flows mm-hmm. with me my personality i guess you're just like i'm a lesbian yeah yeah, yeah. perfect just very to the point <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so do you find that your i guess your oddness or quirkiness and your lesbian identity really inform your comedy yeah i have so many gay jokes yeah really yeah oh gosh oh, like Almost all of them. And do you tell, like, every time you do stand-up, do you think it's always, just, like, you tell a gay joke every every set? Um, probably, yeah. yeah. Depending. Sometimes I'll, like, challenge myself to, like, not even mention that I'm gay. Mm-hmm. And then do jokes about other stuff. But... Slip it at the end. Be like, surprise. Yeah. Or sometimes <laughs> I'll just walk up and be like, if you couldn't tell by my haircut, I'm a lesbian. And they oh, just start my... that's where I saw you. That's the joke I heard you say. You were at, um, you were at the Carlton for oh, open yeah. stages, huh? The one that happened yesterday that I, I didn't go, so maybe you were there, but the yeah. one before that. Yeah. And Feldman and I died when you said that. We were both like clapping our hands yeah. and like, yes, <laughs> we get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, and then my, some of my friends were like, I have the same haircut, I'm not gay. And I was like, yeah, but if you listen to the, like, the whole set later, I say like, maybe that's just what fashion is. Oh, like, yeah. I don't know. There's no rules like, for anything, but yeah, I mostly do because that's where I find humor. If I can poke at something mm-hmm. that people aren't used to joking about. Mm-hmm. Or laughing at then win for me well I think that's the challenge with comedy and you obviously do a lot more than I do but it's like kind of having a collective experience with people in the room yeah where you can share an appreciation or an acknowledgement of the absurd which mm-hmm. is why it changes depending on the room yeah you know, like sometimes you go I mean you're doing like a Christian camp with a bunch of old ladies yeah it might be different, different than doing like I don't know the high life you know yeah club. yeah mm-hmm. and it does change and the same thing is like a lot of people will say like don't be mean when you do mm-hmm. comedy. 
But, like, sometimes we need to because we need to laugh at things mm-hmm. and process things in a different way as opposed to just all liking each other. Yeah. I'm a, and who... I'm always trying to be conscious of who's structuring that question or argument. It's like when people are saying, don't be mean, it's like, well, who... Who gets to decide what's mean and what's yeah. not? If it's like the larger majority or the yeah. people who embrace or benefit from the status quo, I'm like, uh, I think there's a bit of valid validity in being mean to that community. Yeah. Especially. Um, I guess it's the whole punch up, punch down thing, right? But it's I guess, yeah. And and some people will say stuff like, I don't know. If someone makes fun of me for being gay, yeah. I don't think they're punching down because I don't think they're better than me. Yeah. So it's like kind of like a I don't. I don't think you're better. So how yeah. is it, how are you punching down at me? Yeah, fair enough. When I'm a super emo- emotional monster. Someone says one yeah. little thing to me, and I'm like, they're being mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it depends on the context too, right? Like if you're if you're doing something for entertainment for fun. Yeah. And to grow your writing style and your ability to joke yeah. back and forth with each other, then it's fine. Like I make fun of comics all the time, and sometimes they'll make fun of me, mm-hmm. and I laugh probably the hardest in the room. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. That's so, a coping mechanism. <laughs> uh, yeah, and also, like, I'm glad that they could think of that joke about my set 10 minutes after I got off stage. That, yeah. Like, that's pretty impressive to, like... Resonance, it sticks. Yeah, and then it brings the whole show together when they're calling back on something that I yeah. did. It's like, oh, everything is together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Comedy, what a strange beast. Yeah. But so There's important. no right, there's no wrong. Absolutely. But and it's just like, I think, especially in times like right now, it's like, there's... Comedy is always important. I think always like poking fun at like yeah. the absurdity of life. But like right now, especially, I'm just like, all you have to do is watch SNL and just see their Trump jokes. And it's like, yeah. what did they do before Trump? Yeah. <laughs> Poke fun at Obama? I don't think it would be the same, you know? Yeah. Although he deserved to be poked fun at as well. Yeah, people, everyone does. Mm-hmm. No one's perfect. No one is perfect. Yeah. I say we're all hot garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Just trying to get by. <laughs> Like we are. So it's someone's like, going to pick us up, probably. Honestly, you know, it's, you know like... Got a desperate year. Yeah. Well, and it's just like, I try to reflect a lot on the fact that no one's better than anyone else. Yeah. So it's like, if we just all agree that no one's better than anyone else, at least we can share that. Yeah. At the very base minimum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only person you're better than is maybe the person you were yourself. Hopefully. Like, yeah. in the past. Hopefully. Depends on, like, how depressed I am that day and what yeah. I'm eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, when I'm like my I think my week Cheetos. chunks are like month chunks, not <laughs> yeah. like not like days. Yeah. That would be dangerous. How many things I've dipped in mayo that day? That's yeah, what, that's what I'm like. Oh, am I better than I was yesterday? The more you dip, the better you are <laughs> oh, as a person. Yeah. Can yeah. you just be my life coach? <laughs> I would be a terrible and great life coach Except, all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, when did you first uh, first start doing comedy? I started uh, be like four years and like a few months. Okay. Uh, started in PEI. Mm-hmm. That's where you're um, from. Yes. You grew up. That's where I'm from. I grew up there, lived in Newfoundland for a couple of years, moved back to PEI in hopes mm-hmm. to make money to move back to Newfoundland. Interesting. But I got a good job and stayed for a bit. Yeah. Where in Newfoundland do you live? St. John's? Uh, yeah, St. John's. When were you there? I was there when I was 19 to 21, as you do. Yeah. Um, Surprised you survived. I barely survived I know. when I was there. I'm a good drinker. I've always been a good drinker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a really good at it, I should say. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what years it was. It was like, I'm 29 now, so I guess 2009. Oh, interesting. I was yeah. there, I moved there in 2010. Okay, so we were at the same, same time. Yeah, I bartended at a gypsy tea room. Oh, I interesting. Was a hot monster when yeah. I was there. 
drunk and high all the time. <laughs> of course. All the time. Yeah. Uh, when I you went gotta to school. get it out. Well, I uh, went to school for nautical science because I convinced myself I wanted to become a sea captain. You go to Kona? No, I went to the Marine Institute. Oh, okay, yeah. 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 That was not a good fit, if you can believe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I do not fit in with a bunch of, like, broy boys. Yeah. I mean, I fantasize about them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to work at sea with them. Yeah, know? I get it. Um, that's interesting. I feel like I, this is the first podcast I've actually done with someone I don't really know that well. Okay, cool. So it's just, I'm, whoever's listening gets to hear me discover things about yeah, you as, yeah. long, as, as they Both discover ways. them. Yeah. I told my girlfriend, I was like, yeah, I'm doing a podcast. Like, we haven't met. She's like, that's a little weird. I was like, no, it's not. I'm a comic. I'm supposed to go on podcasts and talk about things. And then mm-hmm. maybe someone will think something I say is funny. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, I've laughed at your jokes in public yeah. now. You <laughs> I'm just starting to try now. I've gotten to the point where like, I'm doing... Well, so now I'm like, okay, now it's the time that I push Mm -hmm. myself to a different level. In talking with Brittany, it was clear she has a vision for the kind of comic she is and the kind of comic she will become. She has been steadily writing, testing material, working, and growing for four years. When we met up for this interview, she was in the process of packing up and getting ready for a busy summer of working and moving. She's really open to putting herself out there and building awareness in multiple communities. Just by the fact that Brittany is a woman and a lesbian in the comedy scene puts her in a different space, as the comedy scene is dominated by straight white men. She plays with this in comedy spaces and frequently finds herself in venues where she stands out. Now, she is packing up and moving with her girlfriend to Edmonton, Alberta. Alberta, the province of oil sands and a newly elected conservative government. Yeah. Before it was like, now I was just proving myself that I can do it on the stage and now yeah. I can branch out. Well, it's like what becomes, what was uncomfortable becomes comfortable. So you have to find a new yeah. way to find the Yeah, yeah exactly. Comfort. Yeah. Well, that's a good way to say it. I try. I, I like know. I'm, I'm a life coach. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not actually, but yeah. Um, so you've been doing comedy for four and a half years. You've lived yeah. in PEI, Newfoundland, Atlanta, Canada. So you're just like greedy for Atlanta, Canada. Yeah, and yeah. And now you're moving to Edmonton? Yes. Oh, gosh. Taking the trip. Or the, the trip. Yeah. And you're driving with you, your partner, and your cat. Yeah, I say girlfriend. People girlfriend. say partner. I Sorry, it's my go-to. No, I, I, it's, it's, it's fair. I get why it is. Yeah. Uh, I just have a couple jokes about it, about the term partner. She likes it, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know yet. <laughs> I am undecided. Do you like the band partner? I don't know the band. They're from Atlanta, Canada. They're fun. It's like okay. les- lesbian, oh. um, kind of like '90s nostalgic. So rock. yes, uh, by that description, I, I they are my favorite band. They, they sound like <laughs> I, when I first listened to them, I was like, "Why do you make me feel things?" I love like, the '90s. It's, it just music. it sounds like Veruca Salt, but with like a modern like twist on it. It's just really really good. Like there's songs about girls from Ontario. So now I'm gonna ask them to do the intro for oh, anything I ever create. They're amazing. <laughs> they're on tour right now, and so cool. it's Lucy Niles and. Um, I can't remember who the other one is, so but I've only recently discovered them through a friend, and I love them. Cool. So I think yeah. I like them too. So Edmonton, uh, what's what's motivating that? Um, comedy. Yeah. Basically, um, my girlfriend's a teacher, so okay. she's uh, and she teaches air cadets, okay. so she's able to live basically anywhere in the country, mm-hmm. and she's she's up for the adventure. But um, as a comic, I've I've aged out from what I want to do mm-hmm. from the Maritimes right now. Fair. Um. Uh, so the options, basically, in my mind, are Toronto, Vancouver, Edmonton. Mm-hmm. There's other places you can live, uh, but I'm like, I would consider myself a, like a solid middle act. Okay. So like I can open for someone else, but I'm not a headliner yet. A solid... uh, a, so like I do like 20, 25 minutes is like my... Okay. So now I want to move somewhere that I can like be a middle and like be do that. And then 
That sounds like a really I, no. I just term, it's yeah. just funny to hear you say like I'm a solid middle act. Yeah, you know, like I'm a great first alternate. <laughs> no, no, it's different. I know, I know, yeah, but yeah, it's just yeah. it's such a great way. You seem so self aware. Yeah, you know? I would. I, that's how. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to say that I'm like a headliner who's blowing out the world, but like I do well at the majority of the shows that I do, and I'm proud yeah. of who I am, and that's amazing. All that, but uh, I can go there and actually like work as a middle and at clubs and like yeah. make money from it, and then my jo- my goal from that. From moving to Edmonton's like I'm not going to live in Edmonton for the rest of my life. That's mm-hmm. not my end goal. I hope <laughs> maybe 30 years from now you're still in Edmonton. I'm like, remember that time you said you're yeah. not moving to Edmonton the rest of your yeah. life? Everyone's like, oh, you're moving to Edmonton? Question <laughs> mark. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna live there until like I don't want to live there anymore. I'm not like Which this is, is my new home. True of any space, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna move there until I can become a headliner and a good headliner, and then I'll move somewhere else. That's amazing. And it's you get. I'm just gonna get more stage time, longer yeah. sets, and. Pour myself out for the comedy world. Well, so two things in Edmonton right now that I'm aware of that are like, obviously it's a provincial election today in Alberta. Mm, Yeah. So when you, by the time you get there, there could be a new government. Oh, that could be interesting. Could be interesting. It'd be like all the people that moved to the States. Exactly. Yeah. And you'd be like, surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the second thing is that Edmonton just, uh, their pride just canceled. They canceled pride this year. Yeah. Yeah. Because they cited political and social movements. So that's basically black indigenous pe- people of color pushing for you know you know i guess a more progressive stance so they canceled edmonton pride this year Interesting. so who knows what'll come out of that that's happened in a few other cities across con- the canada right now oh. um so hopefully it'll mean something better and more progressive happens but i hope so yeah, yeah. we'll see i know that edmonton's is more blue collar than mm-hmm. halifax is which is probably a good thing for my comedy mm-hmm. um I've I've been used to since since starting like I'm used to going to communities where ninety five percent of the people have never met a lesbian before. Yeah, and I have to tell jokes in front of them, and then at first I'm like literally just warming up them to the idea of a gay person speaking publicly. Yeah, and then after that I can have them on my side. Oh, it's such a radical act, and it's powerful and that it, you do that. I love that. Yeah, I guess it is, but then at the same time, the next day I could be in Halifax doing a show for ten queer women and some dude that randomly walked into the bar, like. <laughs> Yeah. You don't, I don't know if it's, either way, I have to tell my jokes. I don't yeah. know if it's. I feel for that one dude who randomly walks in. He's yeah. Like, the haircuts, the bow ties, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Love yeah. it. Um, well, he sounds like you're really adaptable, which is impressive. Cause I mean. I mean I oh, think... trust me though. Sometimes it's fucking hard in the country. Yeah. With people who don't know how to react. To I don't it. know how I would handle that. How do you handle that? It's like you're at a set and you're doing something and it's maybe not in like a exclusively queer community and it just sort of like you get that feeling. You feel the energy. Mm. What do you do? Well, I have only done probably half a dozen queer shows myself. Okay. The rest have all just been I don't want to say like regular shows. Yeah. I did this joke to one of my friends and this wasn't really a joke, just a comment saying like I'd love to like tour around the country and like put on queer shows in every city and also put on like normal shows in every city and just do the same material oh. and they'd be like because you'd be like tricking people but yeah. really you're just being yourself because it's no different it's such a good idea though yeah. because we all do come into spaces with an idea of what that thing is going to be yeah. based on the marketing the advertising how it's being pitched yeah and you really could and audiences are going to be completely different in both places it's yeah. going to be a completely different show oh my gosh yeah do you have a, a memory of like I'm jumping straight into the comedy but uh, a memory of a time that really bombed yeah, I've had a yeah. I did a show at um, um. Well, it's like Audigen Men's and Molly's. Yeah, yeah. Back when I was probably about a year into comedy, um, these band from PEI that I they 
performed when I was doing stand up one night and they asked me to come over with them mm-hmm. and I ended up coming out for Pride anyway, so it was like a fun yeah. fun trip. And I ended up doing comedy. There was comedy, burlesque, music. Wow. Um, that night and they wanted me to go up twice. I should have said no. I should have mm-hmm. said no, I'll do it once. But I was a year in. I was like, sure, yeah. So they wanted you to go up twice but you weren't hosting. No, I wasn't hosting. They okay. wanted me to do like a set in the first half and a set in the second half. And I was like, fine, yeah. yeah. The first one went fine, but it's hard to jump back and forth between music, burlesque, mm-hmm. and comedy. Uh, the second half was terrible because oh. uh, there was a guy in the there. I don't think he was gay. Not that it really matters, but he booed me and called me sexist. Oh. And everyone oh. else in the room was like, because I was making fun of a Man. guy not being good at picking up women. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he's like, boo, you're sexist. And I was like, what the fuck? He's like, you don't have to be here. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, I do. I have to be here to see all the other acts. I was like, oh, are you in charge of comedy? I thought I was. Because I was the only comic <laughs> on the show. And, but it still really did suck. Like, yeah. I've had people like, the, I did a show in Fredericton about a month ago where I was telling this joke about my nipples. And as I do. And... <laughs> This guy, uh, me saying I have perfect nipples, and this guy in the back yells out, prove it. And I just like yelled back, and I was like, do you think you're the first person to ever tell me to prove it after I've told this joke? I have been to so many bars where people after will ask me to see my nipples. I was like, do you want me to prove every joke I have? Do you want me to call my dad and get you to tell me that he doesn't love me too? Like, like, (laughs) I just yelled (laughs) into the microphone, and everyone's just like, whoa, what the fuck? Uh, Yeah, I've... First time I talked about being gay in PEI, a comic that wasn't a comic. He just did it a couple times. He yelled out, what is this, your coming out party? Like, twice. So then I ruined him with a story that he did once. Like, it's like, things suck for a second, but, yeah. like, things are always so great all the time when you get to meet new people. So, like, wow. it's all just I literally being stories. I yeah. feel like I need, like, one of those little staple buttons that has your name on it. Like, what would you <laughs> like, hit it? Yeah. Every time I, like, feel insecure about, like, comedy. Yeah. So. Just, like, fuck it. Fuck it. People have thoughts and then those thoughts leave their head. If, if the thought that they have yeah. hurts you, then make it leave your head too. Oh, I yeah. wish I could. I know. It's so hard. I'm <laughs> such a hypocrite. I say this all the time and then tomorrow we'll cry. <laughs> oh God. You got to feel those feelings. Yeah. So yeah. the focus of this podcast usually is centered around otherness. Okay. Yeah. So growing up in rural PEI, yeah. did you at a young age like have a sense of, of like how you might be different or, or how you might feel uh, other? Yeah. I would say I grew up. Like, I moved to Charlottetown when I was, like, in grade two. So I'd say I grew up in, like, urban PEI, which is still, like, rural any other big (laughs) city. But Uh, it does change the context for sure. Yeah. I would say I didn't know I was gay. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I was gay. But I also didn't have, like, happy feelings all the time. Like, I was kind of, like, an anger basket as, like, a teenager. and like Okay. It was always nice to my friends, but I was, like, shit to, like, my brothers and sisters. Just, like, yeah. Like... Just like a like a gay person stuck in a straight person's body. Yeah. And I didn't. Uh, I had a lot of friends, but like no one that was like super close because I never let anyone in. Mm-hmm. So like I wouldn't consider myself like no one would ever look at me and be like, oh, Brittany is like like different. Okay. But you know, I mean, I definitely slept with a lot of guys and dated a lot of guys, but like I wasn't really like mm-hmm. there was no realness to me. Fair enough. So I did feel like an outsider. Um, I was quietly funny to all my friends. Like when things would happen, I would just like whisper to them like something funny. So I wouldn't say I was quirky back then either. I was just more reserved. Interesting. And so 
Brown. Partied a lot. I was good at parties. Did you? Yeah. In high school? Oh, yeah. That's something I never did. I missed that yeah. whole book. I made up for it. Like, I identify as an addict because I've been mean, so uh, okay. three, yeah. three years now, I think. Oh, good. Uh, but yeah, I made up for it my later years. Yeah. But, like, in high school, I think the... The wildest thing I ever drank was like a ginger ale. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> maybe like a no name root beer. I just wanted to be fun, you yeah. know. I was just like, well, I'm a comic now, so that's how I got my attention, I guess. Yeah. But like, I was always out drinking people. I was like, even I don't even like this term, but like, even before I was gay, mm-hmm. I was totally a huge dick. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I hate that term, but like, yeah. if it's used in a positive way, I like it. Yeah. But like, you know, I was always competitive and. Okay. Yeah. Interesting, hey. Yeah. Huh. And trying d- to prove myself, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> As we all yeah. are. By how many beers I can drink. <laughs> really? Oh, oh wow. yeah. Chugging contest, like, like me funneling. Like... <laughs> how many herbal teas can I drink? Get in line. I'm switching to chamomile, stepping it up. Yeah. <laughs> you get tired soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I won't yeah. be able to drink as many yeah. teas then. That's why I have the green tea balance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you, do you think your parents were like, oh, you're quirky or odd? Cause like, I know my parents, they definitely were like, he's a bit weird. Um, my mom said she always thought I, well, she said she thought I was gay since like the time I was 16. Yeah. Until I was 24 ish, which is when I figured out I was gay. So she was wrong. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they saw my personality until like, I would say in the last like three years, mm-hmm. they might say, but growing up. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. And did you, were your, did you have anyone in like your high school, like friends that you connected with over otherness or that you thought like were a bit different or outside of the status quo or? Yeah. I had like, well, I mean, my whole time working with cadets, we were a bunch of like nerds and like outcasts that were just all put together with a common goal to like learn how to be in the woods and like public speaking and drill. So like all of like my uh, cadet friends, we were all others probably yeah yeah are you parents in the military no i joined cadets because one of my friends said saw they were in our um, junior high lobby like promoting or whatever she said hey you want to join that and i said no that sounds stupid and then i have a rubber arm so she took me there and then she never went back and i stayed there interesting well i mean i guess it's been like 17 years since i decided to learn about it and then I recently took about a year and a half off because I moved to Halifax yeah. and I'm going to go back again this summer but I would say we were because we were all that's one of the places now that I think about it is that I could be my yeah could explore my otherness you get to you, different community you get to choose who yeah, you want to be and you get rewarded for your hard work yeah. in something that you care about yeah and uh, people might think that like military run thing you're not supposed to have a personality but you are like you just have mm-hmm. to be strict when it is, and sometimes maybe your personality is being strict. Mm-hmm. I am. Uh, I grew up in a military family, like I told mm-hmm. you earlier, and I'm pretty critical of the military overall as, like, yeah. as a movement, as like yeah. a, as where it exists in society and what it's done historically. Yeah. But I have to say, like growing up in a military family in a military community, I greatly benefited from so many different things. Like, oh my god, the discipline side, I, that definitely never happened. My parents never held me to any standard, but I just like oh ha- yeah, me either. But right, like in my I'm, personal life, no. no. Uh, but like the resources and the community and like the, the I guess there there's just a thread that goes through military communities that yeah. connects people. Yeah. You know, and I. I power to you because like i would never want to be in the military even though i applied twice yeah uh, but, uh, but to do that kind of work i think it's probably transformative you get to work with kids too yeah they're all 12 to 18 years old so yeah. like i can be a little mean to them and mm-hmm. then it's just 
a positive thing, you know? Yeah. I just want there to be less shitty adults in the world later, oh, you know? Oh, my God. Like, less shitty adults would be great. That'd be, like, you te- ultimate yeah. goal. Yeah. Less shitty adults. You teach them how to be disciplined. You teach them how to do public speaking. You teach them how to command a room, like, when mm-hmm. they're calling drill commands in front yeah. of... I mean, it's less now. Like, it's not as big as it used to be, but, like, I've called drill commands in front of a thousand people, and a they have to people. react to the command I say, and they have to do it all at once. Like... There's so much learning in there, and it and it really does teach you how to learn and teach you yeah. how to grow as a whole. Like you're more well-rounded from yeah. it. Yeah. What's it like to give a command to a thousand people and then they do it? Oh, it's badass. Is it must yeah. be. Yeah, because you're yelling as loud as you can, but there's there's a certain way to say it, and there's a yeah. certain way there's certain words to use, certain pauses, and you're just you spend all this time like building that confidence to be able to do it, and then you're handed that job to yeah. do it. And you just get to command wow. this and you've put all the work that you've put together and <sighs> your voice just bellows and then you, yeah. I don't think I, I've, I, I toyed with joining like, like Reg Force yeah. doing like, like being a, a cook or something like that. Or whatever, yeah. Yeah, I've toyed with that. But once I found comedy, I found my real passion. Who we are when we are alone is often not who we are when we are with other people. People who experience a sense of otherness often have to try to predict how their identity will displace or be embraced by people they engage with. It's a bit of an endless process of coming out. I've had to go back in the closet multiple times for jobs, while traveling, while working in predominantly straight male-dominated spaces, and I always went back into the closet because it seemed to be safer than living as myself. Brittany is so unapologetically herself. She leans into her identity, and it informs her comedy, but she's clear that it isn't all she jokes about. From the military to the comedy, she's often holding space in front of people and commanding their attention. I greatly appreciate her ability to play with tension within the perceptions of identity and what it is safe to talk about in public spaces. Listen to this live clip of one of her performances where she's discussing her coming out and realizing she was gay at the age of 25. After, let's just say, a little bit of trial and error. A of questions after I came the class. I didn't figure out gay until I was 25. Uh, sad, I know. I just saw so many dicks before I got to the realization that I was a lesbian. <laughs> I was trying, I was practicing, you know? Maybe this will be the right one, maybe this will be the right one, maybe this will be the right one. It's never been the right one. Oh, no. It all tastes the same. Oh. I used to get so many questions from people after I came in the closet in PEI. Most people that like weren't even being mean about it, they were just curious. One of my friends, she said to me, she's like, huh, I've never met a lesbian before. So we've been friends for 10 years, but uh, okay. <laughs> what do you mean you've never met a lesbian before? You've never had a female gym teacher? Like, come on. <laughs> I think in the last couple of years I've thought about it differently and more and now I want it, I you know I, I would not be okay if I didn't reach my full potential yeah and I've never put this kind of effort into anything else other than the cadet program and comedy like <sighs> I did not pass shit in in high school like I didn't yeah. I've been good at the jobs I've had but I've just found out that now I have to be I'm basically a business now, yeah, which is fucked. <laughs> but yeah, you're your own boss. And yeah, you, have you registered? Like, have you incorporated? Are you no, sole this prior? is the first year I've really kind of like. Okay. Since January, I'll be like, okay, now I can start to claim things and mm-hmm. build everything. So I'm just I'm just new, but I think in the end I'm gonna be 
yeah a force hopefully (laughs) man gosh just starting to yeah (laughs) just hearing you talk about it i'm like almost like personal want to take notes i'm like okay maybe i'll do it too (laughs) i won't (laughs) i'm only good at things that i'm passionate about anything else i'm really really bad at it yeah like technology like Uh, yeah i'm so bad with everything i don't care about i mean why be good at those things you know? Like financial security. That's fair. <laughs> we do live in a world where you you have to have a certain set of competencies around yeah. like just being an adult. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a particular area that you feel like you need to improve upon? Like, um, something I've been doing lately is I um, I used to have really bad spending habits. Okay. But that's just because I I made like a good money in PEI. Yeah. And then I was like, shit, if I'm moving here mm-hmm. and I'm gonna make less money, I need to learn how to. Mm. live more cheaply yeah so that's something i'm work on working on you just spend so much money on booze and cigarettes it was just like well yeah fair yeah it's just like shit no maybe i should uh, cut back on those things yeah if you were added it up like i have oh it, it's like wild when you think of how much money you spend like i my biggest expense is like eating out yeah and at the end of the month if i look at it i'm like i'd rather not look that was that. mine except for this year i started cooking a oh. lot but now that i have a girlfriend it's fine yeah it's so weird and i think people are like like, I am very aware that that's why it's easier. Because yeah. when I was single, or even out. when I had other girlfriends <laughs> that I didn't cook for, like, I would just go places. It's easier. Yeah. And just... now I have so many dishes. Oh, uh, yeah. It's nuts. I never had dishes. Yeah. <laughs> when I lived in PEI, I had a, a distinct memory because I most of my 20s, I traveled for work and did odd yeah. jobs. I've been everything. I've been a flight attendant. I've worked as a deckhand. Cool. I've been a counselor. I've worked in restaurants. I've just done a whole bunch of everything yeah. and now i'm a podcaster yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah but uh i have this memory in pei i was buying sheets because i was living on a pull-out couch in, in the dominion building like I told yeah. you. and uh, i met these people and they invited me to live with them after meeting them for 30 minutes sounds about right it's great <laughs> but i was at walmart buying shitty sheets and i thought to myself how many times have i bought shitty sheets and like it never even really occurred to me to yeah. buy nice sheets because like, yeah. i just never wanted to buy nice it was things not a, yeah and all of a sudden, the last few years, maybe it's because I'm getting older. I also live with my mom, so I have more freedom to do these things. Yeah. But it's like, all of a sudden, I want to buy, like, things that hopefully will last a little longer. But, like, dishes. Yeah, I've ne- I never didn't have dishes until a couple of years ago. Yeah. I just never needed them. Yeah. I was living in places that had dishes. Yeah. You know, sublet a small room or whatever else. And I didn't realize how stressful it was to, like, not have stuff. But it's also stressful to have stuff, so. Yeah. Going through this balance of, like, I never really had much. But now I'm getting to the point where I was like, okay. I will have some things because we're going to drive across the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay tuned for the Two Lesbians and a Cat podcast. <laughs> two <laughs> Lesbians and a Cat. And, yeah. and broken relationships. Uh, That's going to be exciting. Really, well, I mean, it, it, I mean conflict's going to be a part of something. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm very confident with her, our ability to like yeah. be around each other. So what's it called again? It's going to be called Two Lesbians and a Cat. Two Lesbians and a Cat. I just set up an Instagram account yesterday. Oh, did you? Yeah. Cool. Make sure people follow. So it's, it's at Two Lesbians and a Cat? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's going to uh, be fun. And will you, you'll podcast the, the podcast like over like uh, different uh, platforms? Yeah. I'm going to put it wherever, everywhere that it is, uh, that you can, I guess. Yeah. You put the RSS feed and it'll yeah. jump everywhere. Um, basically, the plan is, is I'm going to do some um, episodes before we go away. Yeah. So maybe some planning and some tips cool. and tricks and stuff like that. And then we'll podcast throughout the trip. We're going to take our time across the country. So we're going to take like two or three weeks mm-hmm. and just camp and stay at other people's houses that we know along the way. I'll yeah. probably do some shows, talk cool. about those. And uh, yeah, we've been training our cat to be outside. What's your cat's name? Chloe. Chloe. Yeah. Chloe, she's 12. 12, who looks like a kitten. Yeah, she's it's beautiful. Wild. It's kind yeah. of how I describe myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
34, <laughs> but I look like a kitten. That's how that goes, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> yeah. um, I have this thing again this podcast is on otherness but yeah. I, I think the people who have experiences of otherness whether it's they're queer or they're like maybe it's mental health or whatever else i think they most they more often will consider moving i think there's this idea of like migration and finding your community and trying new things that comes from a yeah. sense of otherness i think so too and if you don't feel like you fit somewhere there's yeah. nothing keeping you there right yeah like i don't feel i have this um speaking of like otherness as i am a queer comic but i don't necessarily like there's no other, from what I can tell, like, dirty lesbian comics that I know of. <laughs> yeah. Can, like, yeah. I've, oh, like, when I started doing comedy, I was like, okay, cool. And I started, like, looking up after I figured out that I was gay. I was, like, always searching for comics that are like me. Yeah. And I've never found any. Okay. And I said to my girlfriend, I was like, like, kind of, like, upset. Like, I was like, I haven't found anyone that's, like, like me that it's a, that's a comic. And then yeah. she's like... Well, then sounds like there's a market for yeah. that. <laughs> That's like, I guess. niche, yeah. Yeah. Huh. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I always get along with people that I mm-hmm. work with. Um, straight comics, gay comics, queer comics. Um, most people and audiences tend to be okay with what I say. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I don't feel like I fit in any of those realms. Okay. Because like, technically, I was like straight for longer than I've been gay. So like, am I really that gay? Oh, like, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Actually. What category do I fall in? Yeah. I don't know. Interesting, eh? Yeah. Oh. So now I'm just like, I have no reason to stay anywhere. I'll just move around and keep meeting Fair people enough. and build up my... Build your network. Yeah. Especially in this day and age of social media. It's like, you don't completely lose your networks. You still retain Yeah. Yeah. And who knows what will happen in Edmonton. You might just explode. Yeah, I haven't found my people yet, but I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, I've been, like, I've been told that there's like a... A uh, huge queer community in Edmonton, but cool. there's not a lot of comedy representation. Oh, yeah. That's I reached out to one of my friends that lives there, and after I told her I was moving, she's like, Oh, you'll be fine here. I just oh, have that's to build there. Build from there. And I was Do like, you okay. Have a place to live and stuff, or? Uh, not yet, but I'm pretty confident because, like, so many people lived in Edmonton when there was the big boom of mm-hmm. work, and now not as many people yeah. are living there, so there's definitely a whole bunch of first apartments that are going to come up for rent absolutely because we and if move. we yeah and if we spend all september like traveling in october after the students have all figured out where they're going the ones we'll, who drop uh, out of subletting yeah, yeah yeah we'll find a place interesting so w- when will you arrive in edmonton i don't know yet um we will be back um from our job this summer the 19th of august or okay. the 20th and then we'll probably spend a week or so, a couple of days with her family, a couple of days with my family, and then I'm going to put some shows on cool. between that time. Maybe make some money to pay for some gas. That would be nice. Yeah. It's and only... then it's like, we haven't done all our research yet, but it's like 50 hours to okay. drive there. And Jacqueline's like, I only kind of want to drive like, you know, three or four, wow. five uh, like hours yeah. a day. And I was like, yeah, cool. We can camp and adventure. Like... Yeah, because, no kidding, I never really thought about, like, 50 hours, but I guess if you put in Google Maps, it'll tell you yeah, how long yeah. it's 50 hours. Yeah. No one obviously is going to drive. Most people won't, but, yeah. but yeah, you could drive a few hours and stay places. Yeah, and... you can go, you can get there pretty quickly. I drove across with my father once, so, like, we weren't stopping to chat. <laughs> we would just <laughs> keep it going. Uh, so we that don't... didn't take as long, but yeah. we, we want to take our time. Like, Jacqueline's always wanted to drive across the country, and, like, mm. I'm always up for an adventure, like... Yeah. 
drive across and camp and do shows. And, do you yeah. have any foods when you drive, like road trips that you always Ooh, get? I love a good road apple. Yeah, a good road apple? <laughs> a good crunch. I... Especially if you're driving, like, a, to pull out an apple and crunch it, it, like, wakes you up, and then you just throw it out the window after. It's really pleasing. Uh... <laughs> we'll be able to plot your points across just by finding the cores of the apples. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good safety thing. Yeah. All the bears will be waiting for yeah. you, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, well, we got a Coleman stove, Great. so we're going to cook on that. It's actually really funny. I work at uh, one of my part-time jobs is at Canadian Tire. Oh. I only have one shift left. Very excited. Do you have discounts? Like, it's Nothing. a 15% discount, oh, but yeah. there's so many things that get returned or like the oh. box, is, box is damaged, so I yeah. just have gotten so many free things. Great. Uh, they've given me a luggage set. Oh, really? Um, cool. I had got a Coleman stove. And a plug-in cooler that plugs into your car. Interesting. The Coleman stove, the like igniter doesn't work, so they okay. can't sell it. Oh. And they gave it to me for like ten percent, so I got it for thirteen dollars and eighty-eight like cents. A, you can use like a barbecue lighter. Oh my god! Oh, match. That's so yeah, good. I've never used one that's actually worked. Yeah, like the I, igniter. It works for like barbecue. half a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So we got that and a plug-in cooler, and I picked up and six cans of cat food that day and it cost me like $18 oh, which is nuts that's wild yeah you don't always like it just the universe is on my side like all the things that we were looking up just happened to be in like the damaged yeah. bunk or the scrap pile and interesting I've gotten a big like uh, folding plastic table from them oh. so like they really make up for how little I get paid for yeah. giving me stuff no I don't have to buy yeah yeah retails the, I find I did it oh, for yeah. years I find it so hard yeah and I work in the warehouse which is nice it's a nice part of it to no customers yeah. yeah, you get calls to get stuff, but you're you're basically shopping for other people. Oh, well, yeah. I um, <laughs> whenever I go on a road trip, like I try to eat fairly well because I'm healthy yeah. stuff. But when I'm on a road trip, I don't know what it, I turn into my father so quickly. I'm getting like an eat more bar and a stick of pepperoni. Yeah, and it's like the new I love accent, a good beef jerky. Like, oh my god, yeah, yeah, beef jerky and like, yeah, I've I've been trying to be better. Yeah, because like it's hard. I mean, I could be on a road trip like when I lived in PEI, I. Went to New Brunswick at least once every few weeks yeah. and then and to Nova Scotia. And like now I'm even back and forth. Like that's the thing about moving to Edmonton is you're like going to be driving for shows anyway, but we already do that here. So like, mm-hmm. who cares? So like you're always on the road and like convenience stores are the places. Yeah. So I'll get like, if you try the O. Henry Reese's that no. are mixed together. Oh, they're I so want good. now. Yeah. It's the best. I have such a sweet tooth. When I gave up drinking, it's like, oh. I never had a sweet tooth before, but when I gave up drinking, it's like I could eat. Ice cream every meal. Yeah, you can see like people who are like recovering like yeah. addicts with like sugar, like just yeah. pouring it into their mouth. It's full on. It is not yeah. a myth. Yeah, yeah I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love these two now. Uh, Irving has them, but it's a PEI thing, but yeah. like spider cookies. You know what I mean when I say spider cookies? No. Oh, nobody spider does. It's cookie. like a macaroon. Uh-huh. It's like the chocolate with coconut and oats. Okay. And yeah, all yeah. like. We just called them macaroons back when I was growing up. Oh. And then I found out what a macaron is, and I was like, yeah, that's bougie those shit. Yeah, different. But they're so yeah. good. It's like yeah. little clouds. I don't like them. You don't like them? No, li- I'm a monster. What? I'm not big on the whole sweets thing. I oh, like brownies and mm. peanut butter stuff. And, and, <laughs> and I, like, those... I like brownies. It's so singular. It's like, I like brownies. <laughs> but and not then, with icing. And no then, icing. What? No. Fair enough. I mean, because yeah. they do get that kind of cool. Just like, like cinnamon rolls. I don't like the icing on those. Either. Really? Like, not a cinnamon bun either. Like a cinnamon roll. Huh. Yeah. You know yourself very well. Yeah, apparently. (laughs) It only took me 29 years to figure it out because I did not know before. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, So you're going to drive across the country. You're going to camp. Yeah. Um, You're hopefully going to do shows. We do a lot of mics or we set stuff up as you go. Um, I'm going to Edmonton all of May. So I'm going to do shows there, like set them up. But like 
I'll message any of my friends. Like, once we plan the dates, mm-hmm. I'll message any of my friends that I know in those areas that we're going to be. Okay. Um, I'm not going to make the trip, the drive across, like, I'm not going to make comedy the priority for that. Okay. Because that's, that's always going to be a priority for me. So I'll, like, kind of sure. spend the drive with my girlfriend and I'll do some shows. Just get but I want the material. podcast to be, yeah. 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 And uh, even, like, popping in for an open mic just keeps your, your freshened up, right? Yeah. And, and you get to talk about something that you knew that just happened. And if it doesn't go well, you're on to the next town. Yeah, next exactly. Anyway. Yeah, going to meet in comics and just showing Be sure to check out Two Lesbians and a Cat, which you can find on Instagram at Two Lesbians and a Cat. Brittany also has a website which has her previous podcast, The Cunning Linguist Podcast. On her website, you also see a quote which states... If my family asks, all the things that I say are just jokes. If anyone else asks, they are all true. For me, that line cuts right to the heart of what we are all trying to do in life and what really great comedy does. We are constantly trying to make sense of the wild and the ridiculous things in our lives. We do our best to achieve some sense of normalcy, but in the end, we don't have a lot of control. Some of my favorite comics, such as Maria Bamford or Margaret Cho, do a great job of making us see things in new ways while also working through their own challenges and their own identities. From Margaret Cho's early work, which I used to be able to quote word for word, to Maria Bamford and her stand-up, her web series The Maria Bamford Show, or her hilarious and amazingly ridiculous Netflix series Lady Dynamite, comedy and comedians help me make sense of the weirdness in the world that is beyond my control. Kathleen McGee. Kathleen McGee, okay. Yeah, she's got a podcast. Um, Kathleen McGee is a hot mess. Kathleen McGee, that's yeah. a great name. I just went, like, it was my fourth show ever, and I went to Fredericton to see her because she was supposed to come to PEI, and it got canceled, and I was supposed to open for her. And then I was told, like, you need to see her anyway. Yeah. And she's just, like, six foot one or something like that, oh. tall, like, says it like how it is, talks about sex and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, she's saying so many terrible things and no one's mad at her. <laughs> I was like, you can do this? I was so like, okay, you just have to own it and, yeah. and be nice about it or smile at least or whatever. Yeah. Trick them. or I don't know what you're supposed to do, but I was like, shit, like, she's super, super great. It's like, like you're murdering some of what you're, like, being kind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kill them with kindness or something. Oh, um, I guess that is the official yeah. way of saying it. But she's just, like... I don't want to say raunchy. Like, she can do whatever... uh, She can swap back and forth between uh, different styles of comedy. But, like, you know, she's owning it. She has the balls to do it. Yeah. Yeah. She's not holding back, which is great. Huh. Who else then? inspiring. I don't know. There's there's a few... um, I'm really bad at, like, keeping track of other people's, like... Yeah. You know? Like, obviously, Margaret Cho is, like, I love oh, Margaret Cho. Well, like, I yeah. love Margaret She yeah. is so defining for me. Like, yeah. young queer Tyler. Like, yeah. And actually, never... I do have an answer for the third one. Oh, That's who? defined me. And it's, like, an answer, but, like, not in the way you think. I would say Ellen. Oh, but yeah. that's because she's already taught everyone that lesbians are nice. Yeah. So I can be an asshole. Oh, yeah. yeah. She cleared, <laughs> she's cle- she yeah, cleared yeah. the space for me. She said so the, now... the, the minimum, like, bare Yeah, like, like, be kind to everyone. I'm, yeah. If anyone gets mad at me, they're like, they can't say all lesbians are mean. I was like, look at Ellen. She's yeah. so nice. Even though well, she probably doesn't even want to be anymore. Cause I, yeah. I think she had to be nice, she right? She had to, yeah. And so it's like, as the pendulum swings, it's like, it opens the door for people to be more authentic and real. Yeah. And like, she's got a huge brand. She's worth something like $500 million oh, God, now. Yeah. And like good for her in a way i guess i'll always be critical of rich people because i just think that's what we, we have to be but yeah at the same time it's like she's done what she needs to do and i'm glad that she creates space for other people yeah i would I, sometimes i wish that she'd be a bit more critical 
of like social things. I'm sure she wanted to be. Yeah. But at the point when, when as soon as you told the world that you were gay, your whole TV show and all of your jobs went away and Oprah got death threats because yeah. you were gay. Like, yeah. it gets to a point. It's like, Do you have to learn? she's got to hold her space yeah, she... for, for herself. And at the same time, like, I think she wanted to like branch out more. Like if you watch her old jokes, she's not the cleanest comic no, around. Absolutely not. No. Like, I think she want to say more, but at the same time, what do you do? Ruin your brand or, yeah. you know? And that's the thing. Like she, she has to participate in a system. Yeah. So like she made it work for her. Yeah. You know what I mean, so and like, she made it work for a lot of people. Like a lot absolutely. of people benefit her. If she didn't and she got pushed out of there. Yeah. You're so right. Probably she's, wouldn't have. she's opened that space. Yeah. Wow. But it's wild to think of how much the world has changed in 20 years. Oh, yeah. Like, from her sitcom to, like, where, where things oh, are now. Oh, it's crazy. So, like, I just, yeah. things have changed so, so much. Um, and I just think of the people who exist in comedy now. It's like, we just have, like, so much more in- intersectional comedy. Yeah. Um, so, like, we're just hearing different content. Yeah. Than we used it's to. completely different. Yeah. Yeah. our interview talking about Britney's core values and we discuss more about what makes her who she is as a person not just as a comic I'd I'd like to say I have good morals Mm -hmm. Um, I would say treating people well Mm -hmm. Um, don't take from others to gain yeah for yourself that doesn't actually do anything for you Mm -hmm. it just hurts other people absolutely um yeah, I don't think there's any reason to, like, hurt people or, like, don't say poor, bad things about other people because it changes someone's perception mm-hmm. of that person, potentially, if they don't have the ability to, like, make their own opinions. Yeah. So, like, if someone's, like, saying all this stuff about somebody, it, that might not be true. That's your opinion. Yeah. And people who say stuff that, as if they're facts that aren't facts, oh, drive yeah. me nuts. Yeah, yeah. I definitely... Don't say it, like, yeah. I, when people act as like they're experts in something, yeah. I, I'm, I'm driven by curiosity. I yeah, want to say that the, that the world is like a weird place and we're never going to get it right. Yeah. But we can get closer to yeah. the Yeah, I like truth. to play devil's advocate a bit too because it makes us think about, yeah. think deeper. Yeah. Because you can say something, but there's also always more. And I think your... there's the one time I don't, I can't stand devil's advocate is when it's like, 
like from a place of privilege. Oh yeah. And I'm just like, you're just doing it to be well, that's mean. Different. You that's different. That's not devil's advocate. That's yeah. being an asshole. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> it's if like, it's your friend that you're poking questions at yeah. so that they will delve deeper into whatever their situation is. With that's a critical mind. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah. That I can completely get behind. But when it's just like, no, you're just saying things that yeah. are the opposite of what I'm saying just yeah. to say that. And then the conversation always ends with some point of like reference for Hitler. Like, <laughs> I know. Yes. Everyone's Hitler now. Yeah. Like how yeah. did it get there? Oh my God. <laughs> Did you hear about MPEI when uh, Skips Fish and Chips, the guy, uh-uh. from, it's from Summerside, he owns this restaurant or whatever, and he posted on The Guardian because they started painting the crosswalks rainbow, and he, yeah. like, freaked out. Uh, like, oh, I get it, just be gay in your own house or something like that. He didn't say those words, but, I have like, a hard that's time being gay in my own house. <laughs> yeah, like, know, right? Let me do it on the sidewalk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you don't need to be shoving it in our faces, how gay you are. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Oh, like, well, I'm not like, shoving your fish and chips in there anymore, either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so anyway, he had all this stuff, and then, like, all these people who were, like, I don't know where they came from, like, down south in the States that were, like, crazy, like, jumped on his page, and everybody uh, who, like, gave it a bad review, they were, like, basically calling everyone Hitler. Mm. Like, you were literally Hitler. I was like, no, actually, like, I'm pretty sure that's not what literally yeah. means. But, um, anyway... Uh, I went on and wrote this, like, funny review about, like, and I put, like, a gay joke in it, and everyone, like, exploded, and, like, oh, all I love these that. comics in New Brunswick were, like, super supportive toward, like, it's nuts that you own a fish and chip place, and, yeah, all, like, it was just an explosion of craziness, but. It's wild, because we do, like, I think the personal is political, I think everything's political, so we're always influenced by politics and, like, yeah. discourse, but at the same time, it's, like like you're a fish and chip shop like use your influence for something else like yeah 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 and who does that rainbow crosswalk really harm yeah you know when that kind of conversation like when someone takes a position like that in a community like that's much more harmful than the crosswalk will ever be oh my god no matter what your morals and your values and your ideas you know like just let it happen yeah I know a bunch of color (laughs) I know it's it's nuts everything needs to everything's changing a lot in the last while but at the same time like no one can be mad at someone for their, like, mm-hmm. opinion yeah. or, like, thoughts, but, like, maybe don't shove them in everyone's face at the same yeah. time. <laughs> it's definitely tricky, especially with social yeah. media. Because it is tricky. We have so much access to information all the time yeah. now, and we can Google. So it's like we're all Googling against each other yeah. all the time. Yeah. yeah well, and it's actually, like, which source is a better source? And yeah. Which for, yeah. I don't know. I try to stay out of it, but sometimes I can't help but make a good point. I, someone's... I'm guilty of it. Absurdity. I actually just installed a, a, a website blocker on my oh, phone yeah? and my computer because I'll just get into too many spicy like conversations oh, online. Oh, interesting, yeah. And it, it, it would be fine if I could just do it and walk away, but I don't. It just sticks mm. with me, and then I'm like, oh, I'm ruining my own day. Um, but yeah, I have a hard time not not commenting on things. Interesting, yeah. Um, I never used to comment on anything or like even have any much of a social media presence of the then, like, here's a picture of me at a party oh, yeah. uh, that I was tagged in. I didn't post it myself. But then once you start doing comedy, you almost, like, you almost have to. And then there's so many people around you who are, like, a lot of people think that comics are, like, oh, you're just a comic, blah, blah, blah. I was, like, you don't know what other life experience they have or, like, yeah. how they they process information. Like, some of them are really smart, like, people who have well, yeah. like, have well-worded responses and stuff like that. And some people are shit. Like, we don't... And none like, of us are a singular identity. Yeah. We all hold multiple identities, yeah, right? But we true. people, we all classify each other because it makes it easier for us to, yeah. to, I guess, contextualize a person or a concept. So it's like, people can call you a comedian, and that's true. Yeah. But it's like, 
one, there's not enough time to dig into all of oh our God, identities, yeah. right? And not everyone needs to know it. No one no. is privy to it. You know? No, but sometimes when they use it against you, when they yeah. label you as your one identity, yeah. whether it's, you know, gay or lesbian or, like, being a comic, it's like, but you're yeah. more than that. Yeah. You know? That's true. But that's what makes it tricky. And I think it it's the people who have the most privilege are the ones who spend the, less amount, the least amount of time actually considering other identities. Where if you're other, you're always yeah. considering your other identities because that's they influence true. how you live in life. Yeah. And you see how complicated you are as a person. So yeah. you're like, obviously this other person isn't just so black and white that mm-hmm. this yeah. is their whole being, this one thought they had. I'm that's true. really bad for being like a little bit too accommodating for people. Yeah. And so my friend, I got into a car accident in January. Another guy like hit me. It was very, really minor. We weren't hurt. Yeah. He ran into me as he was getting into another lane. And as we, when we pulled over, my friend Jenny looked at me and she goes, Tyler, this is not a time to make friends. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure she's going to listen to this, but it literally, That's funny I, I repeat that myself to like at least once a week. Yeah. Because I care so much about social capital and just being nice that it's like, yeah. I will sometimes not be nice to myself. I use this term that people say nice and I say, I'm not nice, I'm kind. Yeah. And totally I think they're different. totally different. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll be kind to someone till the end of the world, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be, like, I'm not mean to anybody. Like, I don't, yeah. I just hold it inside, you know, and they yeah. walk away and then I think of some funny joke and then maybe I'll say it on stage later. Like, I don't beat <laughs> yeah. people up in the real world. Like, I'll say it on stage and they'll never hear it. So, no, no, yeah. no. But, yeah, I think kindness is important. Niceness is important is important at its own time. But How would you separate the two? Um, you're doing, in my mind, being nice is just like you're doing it because you feel like you should. Yeah. And kindness is you're doing it because you want to. Yeah. And I think with yeah. the two... Nice for me often results in words, where kindness is a behavior. Mm, okay. And to me, I guess yeah. being nice could be a behavior, but to me, I think kindness that is makes, more yeah. more of a behavior than just like just like topical, like yeah. surface level stuff. I've often said like I'd rather be kind than right. Yeah. Not all the time though. Yeah. But it's like sometimes. I was <laughs> like, like, you like, got me there with that I one. Know, I don't know if like, I can agree yeah. with that. <laughs> <laughs> like being right is kind. It depends what it is. There's some things are right and wrong, and some yeah. things are. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. Oh, where do you draw the line? What's one thing that comes to mind that's like you, you care a lot about? Well, as soon as you said like, right, I thought of back, like I, my passion other than comedy was like, was with cadets with like drill, which is like marching and drill movements. And there's like a whole book on exactly how to do it worded very Mm. specifically. It was like, there is no right or wrong with that. Yeah. It is just right. It's just just right. or, Or I guess it's all right or wrong is what I should say. Um, I often say, and again, similar to this, is like when you're in work situations where there's policies or procedures, sometimes we have to be critical of them when, yes. when, when they impact the most marginalized. There's so much sway with so many things in the world, but that but like, certain things there aren't. Absolutely. But like the yeah. cadets, it's like, I always say, it's like, if you worked at McDonald's, you wouldn't come to McDonald's and be like, well, actually, this is how I cook French fries at home. Yeah, that's true. You're going to be like, no, No, actually, it's actually, it's pickles, mustard, yeah, and like, ketchup, and exactly. onion, and that's it. And you're like, actually, when I get it, that's yeah. true. Yeah, and so cadets would be the same. It's like, obviously, as an institution, they, they're they there for, Well, there's like, different tech things. Like, mine was the drill portion, which mm-hmm. is the right and wrong, but there's so many other parts of cadets that, are, that aren't right or yeah. wrong. Like, how to build a fire. There's a thousand different ways to how to build yeah. a fire. How to... Mm-hmm. Like there's certain things with map and compass that like yes there's a proper way to do it because if not like you're gonna get yeah. lost in the woods, well, but public speaking there's no right or wrong way to do that there's just tips and tricks that'll absolutely. make you more comfortable. And I think that the cadets though in the military in general like I've had this conversation with my mom a lot is that you know she grew up quite poor didn't mm-hmm. finish high school yeah. and 
for her, the military gave her that structure and routine, that discipline that she didn't get anywhere else yeah. in her life, and it saved her life. Same with my little brother. I'm you know? a completely different person than I would be, for sure. Yeah, and so who for knows sure. where you would have been if you didn't have that structure. Um, for me, I, I didn't never have that structure, and I'm still <laughs> trying to learn it on my own. Um, but imagine if there, that structure wasn't even around you. Exactly. If you were in a completely different family where the stru- at least you're seeing the structure, yeah. right? And my family, I didn't clean my room or have my bed made. Like, I wasn't yeah. like that, but... Definitely shaped definitely who I am. Yeah. I uh, can express how I feel now. Even coming out after figuring out I was gay, now I know what feelings feel like. Because I didn't before. <sighs> yeah. And now I'm emotionally intelligent as well as like regular kind of smart. <laughs> so with this, in the summer when you're back here, you're going to be going away to cadets. But will you be doing summer, summer shows, you said? shows. I'm going to do some uh, potentially uh, at the mid... Mid June okay. and uh, end of August. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think I might. I want to do one in Halifax where I bring in a friend who's got some skills with uh, like videography skills. Great idea. And get him to come in and record a bunch of comics that need a five to seven minute set. That's so And then we good. can all just kind of get together one last time, and then they get to leave with something that's going to help them with their. Mm. promotion and stuff like that I think that's what's really challenging in comedy and again you're in it more than I am but I think any performance is that you don't get to just be the performer but you also be your manager for a long time yeah. you have to be the community builder yeah. and not people not everyone's good at that it's really clear to me that you're good at that like you can take charge and make decisions um, at least I can present that yeah. <laughs> present which myself that way which is yeah I'm not great at promoting myself yet but i'm mm-hmm. learning like I, i've like i said i've just come to the point where i'm like okay this is what i'm gonna do now mm-hmm. so now i've got to work toward it like Brittany and i talk a little bit more about her place in comedy and her niche as a comedian as she gets ready to prepare for her cross canada adventure like a grown laugh you're like oh yeah. ha. <laughs> i don't know how to react that's how everyone reacts to me as a comic yeah because i saying dirty inappropriate things about and some of my jokes are dark so that tension's like, important know. though yeah i think it's so important yeah yeah have you watched the marvelous mrs mazel yes oh, yeah. it's probably my favorite tv show i've yeah? ever watched wow I, I, but i liked gilmore girls so i like that yeah. writing style yeah uh, but because it's the same writers yeah. and producers yeah it's great yeah yeah what are the tv shows or content do you watch um, I'm not going to watch a lot of stuff. Uh, I've watched, the last thing I watched is like a Netflix show, uh, the big family cookout show. I love that show. Like that. So good. With Nadia. Yeah. Nadia. Oh, isn't that the big family cook? Uh, is that the same one? Oh, there's, I'm on season two. I didn't watch the first one. Um, Angelica. Oh, because there was a. And Tommy. Because it's the British one, right? Yeah. Yeah, so Nadia, it's where the families have to compete against each yeah. other. Yeah, yeah. So Nadia won the Great British Bake Off a few oh, years pre- previously. Okay. So she was one of the hosts on the first season. Okay, cool. Um. I'm nerd about when it comes to cooking yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, we all of a sudden just went to the second episode and it's given me a lot of ideas mm-hmm. on cooking because I love cooking. Um, you know, the typical uh, Grey's Anatomy. I, over Christmas, <laughs> yeah. I was like, what's a show that I can watch? I was having a lot of insomnia. I was like, what's a show that I can watch that'll put me to sleep and I won't care about? Put on Grey's yeah. Anatomy three seasons in, like a week later, and I'm like, fuck you, yeah, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's so good. Um, a weird show that no one would expect, one of my favorite shows of all time is How I Met Your Mother. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I yeah. actually, I like that show. I love that there's so many callbacks through yeah. the nine seasons. Like, yeah. it's... And of course, a lot of it's like, dumb foolishness, but we know that. Yeah. That's, we're aware that that's what it is. Um... Anything Shauna Rhymes is pretty is yeah. impressively so like, uh, written. How to Get Away with Murder and yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Great writer. Great and, producer. Uh, oh, I started watching Outlander. 
Outlander. Yeah. Interesting. I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's really good. Yeah, it is good. Heard it's sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Just got to the first sexy moment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. if someone comes to your comedy show or you're performing, what are like some words you'd want them to walk away feeling? Like how would you want them to feel after they've seen one of your sets? Um, I want them to go away feeling like their day's better. Their day's better, okay. Yeah. Even though I'm saying terrible things. Okay. You know, I want them to come away thinking like a little less um, self-conscious about like how to react, how to interact with a gay person. Mm -hmm. Like I know this in big cities, that's not a big issue, but I've had people like, I've never met a gay person in the electric show, we'll hug after like, you know, their minds opened up a little bit. We're allowed to joke. Yeah. It's a form of niceness, you know, that... You, maybe your life isn't that bad if you're able to joke about it. In, you know? in life is hard for everyone. Yeah. No matter how privileged or how rich you are, I think I honestly believe that everyone yeah. suffers in their own context. Yeah. And like comedy and joking and being able to find a bit of joy in life, it's like, that's a good goal for anyone. The way to processing your emotions and feelings with humor is one of the best thing that's ever happened to me. I think it was you know? definitely my primary coping mechanism until yeah. I found drugs and alcohol. Yeah. And then I combined the two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now I just have the one. Yeah. And ice cream. It's yeah. probably my healthiest addiction I've had. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want people to have a laugh. Yeah. And laugh at someone's misfortune. Do you, does your girlfriend find you funny? Yes. Okay. The first, uh, she's an English teacher okay. and she loves uh, hearing, reading, telling stories. Yeah. Uh, not telling stories, but hearing other people's stories. Yeah. Um, so she loves comedy. Okay. She never knew she liked it until we started dating and I showed her what it was. Interesting. Um, but yeah, she's a she's a writer at heart too. Like okay. uh, our first date, I told her my Costco abortion joke, so that oh. was a good icebreaker. I was like, I guess she can stick around if she can handle this one. Uh, <laughs> it's not that bad. It's just that people the only reason people leave PEI is to go to Costco uh, or to get an abortion. That's <laughs> but truth. now it's legal there now. Yeah, so it's changed. Still some barriers to it though. But, yeah, but it is like it's funny how that's been a holdup. But PEI is one like there's an election next week, and it's like. The Green Party could win in the provincial election for PEI. Yeah. Yet abortion was just only recently. It's just it's, it's, a, it's such nuts. a disparate place. Yeah. 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 And yeah, she. I think she does. I mean, obviously she she's a good laugher yeah. as an audience member, uh, which helps. But at the same time, like I run jokes by her sometimes. Yeah. So like she's when I hear recordings back, I can hear her laugh in the back, but it's always at the newer stuff she hasn't heard. Oh, okay. But that's always it's also about surprise, right? Yeah. No one's, we're, as comics, we're tricking people into making an involuntary sound with their body. Mouth noises. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's one of the hardest things. Yeah. I guess. Maybe not like in terms of Depends what you want to do. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It it is hard, but like, it's something that I like, so I'll keep doing it. Is there a kind of joke that you hate? Oh. When someone's telling you a story and then the end is what you expected, but mm. at the same time, it's like, oh, I guess you had to be there. Oh. Like that kind of, they, no one says that, but yeah. that's how we all feel. Yeah. Or like, I don't know, anything that, like if someone bombs, like it's, it's still fun. Yeah. Because at least it's entertaining if they bomb with grace or whatever. Um, yeah. Anything that's like, you didn't put any thought into. Fair enough. But if you, There's at the same time, do that. Yeah, yeah, you're just saying stuff. But at the same time, if someone's, been doing comedy and they're able to riff off of stuff and do crowd work i know they didn't put thought into that but technically they put work into it by building those muscles mm-hmm. to be able to do that so that's different like being able to riff is different than yeah. not putting thought into 
what you're saying. Do you have a memory of when you first got a laugh? Uh, As a kid or younger? I used to laugh myself, like, so hard until I, like, wouldn't breathe sometimes. You would laugh till you couldn't breathe? Yeah. My mom would come up to me and be like, breathe! Um, (laughs) Yeah, actually, I was always, like, one of those kids who, like, said something funny to the person next to them. But one of my first ones was we were out at supper with my um, grandparents on my stepdad's side. Mm -hmm. And our whole family, cousins, aunts, uncles, my grandfather's brother was there. And he was just, like, a goofball. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was there, and he was being foolish. And my grandmother said, well, I guess you can't pick your family. And it was my stepfather's family, and we had married in. And I just looked, and I said, well, we did. And she, like, when I got my grandmother laugh that hard, and everyone was just like, shit, she's right. Yeah, <laughs> like that's funny. Again. And it's funnier because uh, it's with your family and because of the context. Like, that, I could see how that would just, like, light the room up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it felt really good. Yeah, it did, yeah. And uh, and it was all downhill from there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It'll never be as good as that time I made my grandmother laugh. <laughs> We're all chasing that first high. Yeah. I remember my father telling a joke, a really ridiculous Newfoundland joke about yeah. speaking Spanish, and it wasn't actually speaking Spanish and whatever else. But I remember watching him tell the joke. I'd seen him tell it a few times, but I remember the first time I told, watched him tell a joke to a room full of people. I was like, that's the power of having that presence mm. and like saying, and everyone's looking at you and they all share in that moment yeah. and then give you that laughter. I was like, that's powerful. Cause I didn't really tell any jokes when I was younger. I was very, very shy. Yeah. And now as I've gotten older, it's just like, it's definitely my coping mechanism. It's the first thing I do. People are yeah. like, yeah, it was too much. You got to calm down. My ADHD yeah. kicks in where it's always on. So yeah. Um, yeah. But I do remember that moment, and that's like, it's a singular moment. It stands out for me. My dad's funny, my mom's funny, my grandparents are funny. Yeah. And I just think about that all the time. Like, that's where it comes from. Humor uh, is a big part of what solidifies memories in our brain. Yeah. And if you can mix something with humor, it's going to stick around longer. That's why yeah. it's such a powerful mode of communication. I yeah. think this is going to get real cheesy for a second. Yeah, but there's I like a, it. a Maya Angelou quote where it's like, people won't remember what you do, yeah. but they'll remember how you make them feel. Yeah. And I'm like, I think that's so true. It's yeah, like, it is. People always remember how, whether good or bad. And yeah. Like, comedy, it's like, if you yeah. get people walking out of a room feeling something, like they're a part of something, Yeah. That's it's amazing. Which is why it's so easy to tell when someone's doing really bad bad comedy. Yeah. You know? But at the same time, like, I agree with that completely and, and sometimes comics don't put enough thought and work into stuff and sometimes it comes off offensive but like no one's good at stuff right away and i i will never fault anyone for trying yeah ever yeah that's the hardest part yeah i think it's like that first step of like doing it yeah and then you do it for like five six seven eight nine years and all of a sudden you found your groove as to where you fit if we like stop people all the time in the beginning and be like you weren't funny today i was like of course he wasn't yeah you just started last week like (laughs) if we don't then we're we're stunting their ability and I've said this on Sarah's podcast, like everyone should try it and do their best. But at the same time, like it's fine to quit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like there's a, this idea of like critical thought, like the American Idol sit at home, like yeah. judging people and like judgment ah, is yeah. like one part of critical thought. Yeah. But it's only, it's, it's only beneficial to a point because it limits people. Yeah. And it's like not everyone has the same opportunity. So it's like, you have to be mindful of like, is your critical thought going to support the community or is it going to just limit people from doing things and it's like i'm all for critical thought but don't just hold people back just because you want to be a jerk yeah and if one of like the like spice girls is going to give me critical thought about my or critical 
points about my singing, then that's fine because they can sing. But if you at home yeah. are sitting on your couch, I just love these Spice Girls. <laughs> well, they we found out a couple weeks ago that two of them slept with each other, so it's an I exciting know, time. Of Ginger my life. and Mel B. Yeah, I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, it's funny, funny. Like, I wonder if Ginger knew that, she, that Mel B was going to tell that story, or if Jerry was going. Is that is that who told it, Jerry? Mel B told the story on uh, on a radio show, I think. Okay, a TV cool. Segment about how it happened, and I'm wondering if like. Can I find that? Yeah, someone <laughs> you totally can. I wrote a joke about it, and I talked talked about it like twice so far since it's happened it's pretty wild yeah it's wild to think that like they stopped recording almost 20 years ago as a group you know what i mean wow i still remember the day it happened this is probably when i should have known i was gay yeah i was a newspaper carrier and my dad had to drive me around Uh, this was before social media or the internet like the the, i usually read the news before everyone else did i remember my dad taking me to the first (gasps) drop-off And it was like winter oh. sometime. And I remember seeing like Jerry Hollywood leaves the Spice Girls and trying not to act too sensitive about it. Did she leave because of this, the sex thing? I wonder. Well, to be fair, like if you want to be my lover, you got to go with my friends. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Just try it out. That's true. Yeah. Thank you so much to Brittany Campbell for joining this episode of Quirky and or Queer. I feel like Brittany has found her groove, and she's not just going places physically, like in her upcoming move to Edmonton. I think she's going to go to great places in the comedy scene. She's driven, passionate, and hilarious. In this episode, I gained some insight into humor as it relates to otherness, especially from my own perspective. I joke as a way to cope, and also as a way to make moments more pleasant. As Brittany says, if you can mix something with humor, the memory will stick around longer. You can find Brittany on her website at BrittanyCampbellComedy.com. Also, check out her upcoming podcast at Two Lesbians and a Cat, where her, her girlfriend, and her cat are going to document their adventures while driving across the country. Thank you to Patreon supporter Richard from For the Tide for being an early adopter and supporting this creative adventure. Check out their album, Live from the Music Room, recorded here in Halifax, Nova Scotia, available on iTunes and Spotify now. Big shout out to Jake and Steve for also being early adopters on my Patreon account and supporting this podcast with financial sponsorship. You can support Quirky and or Queer at patreon.com backslash Q-A-O-Q. As always, thanks to my main sponsor, who always seems to have an endless supply of comedic content for me, my mother, Glennis. She's the funniest person I know. And really, what greater joke is there than the one about the 34-year-old single gay guy who lives in his mom's basement? (laughs) Well, I mean, I find it funny. Hopefully, my mother does too. So thank you for listening, and please subscribe, share the podcast with friends and family, and give me a rating on Facebook or Apple Podcasts. Every little bit helps. So until next time, you quirky queerdos, thank you for listening to Quirky and or Queer.